I saw a post the other day that made me laugh. It said, isn't it funny that your future self is talking trash about your current self? And I laughed at it because I thought, man, that's so true. Even now, I look back on my past self and I think, man, what was I thinking? Why did you dress that way? Why did I buy that? And, and I think a lot of us can relate to that experience. The fact is that we don't always make the best decisions in life. And for many of us, we look back on the decisions that we make with a lot of regret. Maybe you look back on something you bought or a relationship you pursued, or an opportunity that you missed out on with a lot of regret. I wanna share with you one of my biggest regrets in life. One of the things that I look back on and I think, Nathan, what were you thinking? I wanna tell you about the time that I got into a car accident at full speed while going in reverse in a parking lot. I was 19 years old and I had just started seeing this girl. And it was at that stage of the relationship that I was still trying to impress her and I'm pretty sure I had just watched Fast and Furious the day before, and I was hyped up on adrenaline. We were gonna leave this parking lot, and I had to reverse. And I look behind me, and it's a completely empty parking lot, maybe one car. And I think, this is my chance to show this girl how cool I am. So the plan was that I was gonna throw the car in reverse, slam on the gas, go barreling back through this parking lot, do a little whip around, put it into drive, and drive off into the sunset. Come on, somebody. And so that's exactly what I did. I threw it in reverse and without warning, I slam on the gas and I go barreling back through this parking lot. I go to do the whip around, only I whipped around the wrong way and you guessed it, I slammed full speed into the only car in the entire parking lot. Needless to say, that girl was not very impressed. ICBC wasn't very impressed either. Neither was the guy that I hit. You see, this guy was actually in his car when I hit him. It gets worse. He was asleep in his car. So imagine you're this guy and you think, man, I'm getting kind of sleepy. I'll go and take a nap in this parking lot. What's the worst that could happen? Now, I look back on that decision with a lot of regret. That accident ended up costing me over $4,000 in repairs just for the other guy's car alone. The only good that came out of that is that I now get to use that story in sermons. The fact is that we all have regrets. One decision in your life can lead to massive consequences. And what I wanna to do today is I wanna look at a guy in the Bible who has some massive regrets and all of it can be traced back to the decisions that he's made in his life. Let me paint a picture for you. It's 1100 BCE, 1100 years before Jesus was born and there's a man with his head shaved and his eyes gouged out and he's standing at a podium restrained in front of 3000 people who are all mocking and humiliating him. This man has made some bad decisions and he looks back on his life and he realizes the decisions that he's made that's led him here. This man's name is Samson. And if you don't know the story of Samson, he was a judge or a ruler. See, before the time that Israel had kings, they had judges. And God had actually set Samson apart before he was ever born to do something incredible. Judges 13.5 says that he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And so before Samson was ever born, he was given this massive calling to help deliver Israel from the Philistines. Now, if you don't know about the Philistines, what you need to know is that they were a war-mongering group of people who were constantly at odds against the Israelites. They were evil, they were cruel, and they were oppressing the Israelites. And so Samson's destiny was to help free the Israelites from these Philistines. And in order to accomplish that task, God had given Samson this incredible strength. I mean, think Captain America or the Hulk. This guy was strong. Now, imagine you're Samson. Imagine you've been given this opportunity. That is a huge responsibility. That is a huge calling. 
you could say that Samson had incredible potential. Did you know that God has also given you incredible potential? 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Did you know that there's a reason for your existence that goes beyond just you making money and buying a house and settling down? Let me ask you this. Do you want to just get by in life? Do you just want to make money and settle down? Do you want to make your life as comfortable as possible? Or do you want to be used by God for incredible things? Do you want to make a lasting impact on the people around you? Do you want to change your home, your school, your workplace? Do you want to change your city? Because God wants to do something incredible through you. Will you choose to live up to that today? As a youth pastor, one of the things that I always tell our students, and they hate it when I say this, they say, Pastor Nathan, that that sounds so corny, that's so cheesy. You say it all the time. What I do is I look at them and I say, you're a world changer. And they're so tired of me saying it, you're a world changer. It sounds like something straight out of the early 2000s. They say, Pastor Nathan, you say that too many times. But here's the thing. There hasn't been a single time that I've said it that I haven't believed it. I believe that God has placed incredible potential in the hearts of our young people. They are called by God to make a difference in the world around them, to be a world changer. And I believe that God has also placed that incredible potential within you as well. Just like Samson, we are all called to something greater than ourselves. But we have to ask ourselves, how does somebody with so much potential lose it all? I mean, how do you go from prophesied hero to helpless victim? What we're going to see today is that Samson had something that I like to call potential potential. And that's the title of my sermon today, Potential Potential. Meaning that the potential that Samson had was only that. It was just potential. And when it comes to your potential, you have a choice. You can either live up to it or you can waste your potential. It's potential potential. We're going to see today how Samson destroyed his potential And we're going to see how to avoid that in our own lives. So I want to start out today by saying to you, you're a world changer. But in order to be a world changer, there's a few things that we have to keep in mind. And this is our first point of today. If you're taking notes, write this down. Being a world changer means giving some things up. means giving some things up. See, at the beginning of Samson's life, he was given very specific rules that he was to follow if he was to live out this calling God had placed on his life. He had to do something called the Nazarite vow. Now, this was a vow that an Israelite could take that would set them apart for God. And there were three aspects to this vow that Samson had to follow. First of all, he couldn't drink any alcohol. So sorry, Samson, no getting turned on the weekend. Secondly, he couldn't be around or touch dead things, which honestly seems like a pretty easy rule to follow. Don't know if I've ever wanted to be around or touch a dead body. But lastly, Samson also couldn't cut his hair. So Samson, I mean, he has this long flowing hair. Now think about it super muscular, long hair. Is he starting to sound like anyone that we know? Now, as long as Samson followed this Nazarite vow, the Spirit of God would empower him and give him this immense strength, but it was dependent on him living out this vow. Samson had to live to a higher calling, and we all understand this. When you want to do something great, you have to live more carefully. For example, pro athletes, they have to give a lot of things up. They have to sacrifice junk food. They have to sacrifice their time. While all their friends are out partying, they're at the gym training. They have to sacrifice money for the right foods and the right trainers. See, if you want to do something great, it's going to mean sacrifice. So Samson had to follow the Nazarite vow. And you might think that's so weird. Like, what's up with all these rules? 
The whole point of the vow was to set yourself apart from the world around you. When you saw someone doing a Nazarite vow, you would see that they were different. They were set apart. And when it comes to our lives, God also wants us to be set apart. He wants us to be different from the world around us. See, to be a world changer, you can't afford to get distracted chasing after the things that the world chases after. We are living for a higher calling. The Apostle Paul writes in the book of Ephesians, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. And later on, he writes, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You see, God wants us to live differently. When it comes to being a world changer, we can't get distracted. I've seen too many young people give up their potential, chasing after things that didn't matter. And that's exactly what we see Samson do. So let me ask you, what things in your life are distracting you from being a world changer? What do you need to give up in order to be used by God more effectively? What or who is pulling you away from the life that God wants you to live? I grew up in Florida, and so going to the beach was a a weekly outing. If you've only ever experienced the ocean swimming in Vancouver, then you might not know this, but the ocean is powerful. And if you're not careful, the ocean can just sweep you off your feet and pull you away. And so when I was a kid, I'd go to the ocean, and my mom would always tell me, you know, while you're out there, always make sure that you can see our group. Look for the red umbrella. Every couple of minutes or so, just make sure that you can see that red umbrella. And as a punk kid, I obviously didn't ever do that. So I'm out in the ocean playing around for about an hour. And when I get back onto the shore, I look around and I can't see the red umbrella. And I start freaking out. I have no idea where I am. I have no idea where my group is. What happened? Well, without even noticing, the ocean began to drift me away from my original position. I wasn't swimming away from my group, but the ocean was pulling me away. And because I hadn't taken the time to look up and check where I was, look for that red umbrella, I got pulled away and I ended up in a place I never expected to be. And you see, when it comes to being a world changer, your calling is that red umbrella. If we take our eyes off of the calling that we have in Jesus to be like him, to live for him, to tell others about him, we will begin to drift away from God and we'll end up in a place that we never expected to be. So I'll give you the same advice that my mom gave me. If you're taking notes, write this down. Being a world changer means staying focused on your calling. Keep your eyes glued to that red umbrella. Keep your eyes glued to Jesus and the calling that he's called you to. What we see in the life of Samson is that he didn't take his calling seriously at all. This is a guy who has grown up knowing what he has to do. He's grown up knowing what he has to stay away from. But we see Samson flirting with the line time and time again. See, scripture records a moment where Samson was walking along and a lion attacked him. This is what it says. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. And it says sometime later, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass and in it he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and he ate it as he went along. Now, this is a guy that knows that being around dead things is forbidden. He knows that not only his life, but the lives of the people in his nation rest on him. And he's not only around a dead body, he not only touches a dead body, but he eats from a dead body. Why? Because he wasn't focused on his calling. He was focused on what he wanted. And I can just imagine the thoughts that were going through his head. I'm Samson. I deserve this. I've been working my butt off fighting these Philistines. I deserve to have a little something for myself. He took his eyes off of his calling and he put it on himself. 
Now, I won't go into all the details, but I would encourage you to read Samson's story on your own. It's found in Judges 13 to 16. But to make a long story short, Samson ends up breaking the other two rules as well. He attends a Philistine wedding feast, and scholars explain that at these Philistine wedding feasts, it was tradition to get absolutely hammered. And that's what we see with Samson. You can tell by his behavior that he was most likely drunk. And he also gets into a situation where somebody cuts his hair. Both of these things were extremely forbidden for someone taking a Nazarite vow. And he breaks all of these because he didn't take his calling seriously. And when his head was shaved, the Bible says that his strength left him. He was captured by the very people that he was destined to destroy. He was stripped down, beaten. His eyes were gouged out. He was humiliated in a place that he never expected to be. You see, when you take your eyes off of your calling, that's where you end up. I've seen so many people with incredible potential, but they've lost sight of that. And they took their eyes off of their calling. They took their eyes off of Jesus. And they ended up in a place they never expected to be. Addicted, in debt, broken relationships, distant from God. And just like being in the ocean, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a slow drift. It's one bad decision after another. And by the time you look up, you can't even recognize yourself anymore. Just like being in the ocean, if you're not swimming towards your calling, you're getting pulled away. So what do you need to remind yourself of today? Have you believed the lies the enemy has thrown at you, that you're insignificant, that you're unworthy, that you're not good enough? God has called you to something great. Are you looking to that or are you going to give that up? The last thing we see in Samson's story is this, if you're taking notes. Being a world changer means recognizing God's role. See, Samson learned a hard truth that day. He learned that it wasn't him that was strong. When God's spirit left him, the Bible says that he was as weak as any other man. And you see, that's the key to understanding your potential. That yes, God has called you to something great, but it's only through his power that you can live up to it. It's only through his power and it's only for his glory. If you try to do it on your own, you will fail. And you know what? That's a good thing. It means that we need God. It means that we need to rely on him daily. And the apostle Paul understood this reality. He writes, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, and persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Are you trying to live your life without God? Or are you coming to him daily for strength and for guidance? He is the only thing that can sustain you. He is the only thing that can strengthen you. So why not choose today to live by his spirit, not by your own ability? And all of this leads me to the big idea of today. If you're taking notes, write this down. You can either live up to or waste your potential. You can either live up to or waste your potential. Now, this is the challenge that I give my students every single week. And it's the challenge that I want to give you as well. God has created you for a reason. Your existence isn't an accident. Your life has meaning. He wants to use you. Are you going to live up to that? Are you going to do what so many do and waste it on stuff that doesn't matter? Think, how do I live up to my potential? Well, we recognize that being a world changer means, number one, giving some things up. It means staying focused on your calling, and it means recognizing God's role. Samson didn't do that. Samson wasted his potential. 
He had the potential to do amazing things, but he gave that up. So don't be like Samson. Maybe you're here today and you feel more like Samson at the end of the story. Maybe you feel like you don't have the rest of your life ahead of you to live up to your potential. Maybe you look back on your life and you feel like you've already given up your potential. Maybe you feel like you've gone too far. You've made too many mistakes and it's too late. Well, if you feel like that, I've got good news for you. The story's not done yet. See, in Samson's final moments, as he's bound and weak, the Bible says that Samson turned back to God and he cried out in repentance. And it says this in Judges 16, the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, sovereign Lord, please remember me. Please God, strengthen me just once more. And with his final breath, God's spirit entered him again and he, his strength was restored and he pushed down the pillars holding up this building and it, The whole building came crashing down, killing all of those Philistines, but also killing Samson as well. See, with his final breath, Samson turned back to God and God redeemed him. Why? Well, it wasn't because Samson earned it. No, no, Samson gave up his potential. It's because our God is a God of redemption. Samson didn't do anything to earn it. He doesn't deserve it, but God chose to give it. He redeemed Samson And God wants to give you the same opportunity today. It's not too late to turn back to God. It's not too late to repent and ask God to re-enter your life. And so wherever you are today, I want to give you that opportunity to accept God's gift of forgiveness and to choose to follow him. So I don't know where you're at, whether you're around other people or not, but I would encourage you, if that's you and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, maybe for the first time or maybe to turn back to him, I just encourage you to repeat these words after me. Say, God, I've messed up. I've sinned. I've turned my own way and I've done my own thing. I don't deserve your love. I can never earn your love. But today I choose to accept this gift of forgiveness that you offer me. I choose to turn away from my sin. I choose to follow you. I know I won't be perfect, but I know that I'm a child of God. Thank you for new life. Today I give you mine. God, for every other person listening today, I just pray, Lord, that we would choose daily to come to you for strength and guidance, to live up to the potential that you've placed inside of us. I pray that we would be people who keep our eyes focused on you and we keep our eyes focused on the calling that you've called us to, recognizing your role in every aspect of our lives and choosing to be a world changer and make an impact on the people around us. Lord, we thank you for your love and your grace. Amen. If you made a decision today to follow Jesus for the first time, or if you need prayer or you'd just like to speak to a pastor, I would encourage you to text the number on the screen. A pastor is on the other side of that number and they would love to talk with you and pray with you about anything that you're going through. God bless.